Hey guys, Bryce here from Flex Cortex. All content on the Flex Cortex podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitution for medical advice from a qualified health professional. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. So today I have Saluji on the podcast, the man, the myth, the Turkish. Um, today we're talking about useful versus useless volume. Um, we're talking about uh, exercise selection, order, and implementation of movements in a program. Um, we're talking about taking some time off, you know, easing yourself back in. A lot of things that are important considering a lot of gyms right now are closed around the world. Um, so this is good again a good podcast to cover and i think there's a lot of important information here for somebody that is new to the gym or even for people that have been in the gym for some time but maybe don't have the experience and the know-how but yeah if you want to follow him on all of his social media his instagram is at saluji underscore a Um, if you want to check out his podcast it is the multifarious podcast where he co-hosts that with mr tom henderson um, they put out episodes like that regularly, um, and they have a lot of great guests on their podcast. Um, and then, obviously, everything training-related for Saluji, it is the multifarious strength, um, and that's where he does a lot of his online coaching, um, and then he talks about some in-person stuff that could be opening up soon as well. So I will uh, talk to you guys in a little bit here and enjoy the episode. So, yeah, gyms are actually closed for you because you're back in canada now right yep ontario is under yeah mostly for lockdown i think the schools are supposed to open up sooner yeah apparently they said roughly mid-january which i don't think is happening okay um also heard something about end of january uh, possible i suppose yeah i'm assuming gyms will stay closed longer than that if schools open yeah because as much as i hate to admit it gyms are or schools are Generally speaking, a higher priority than gyms. Yeah, because um, uh, don't I, I don't have to like it though. Yeah, yeah, because you well you smoked a bench PR that was like last week. Yeah, I I maintain that it wasn't a, it wasn't a comp PR. Then again, I've never competed. Um, but yeah, it's uh, always tough to work on. But um, yeah, I was just yellowed because stuff was closing. So as you, I said, well, you know what? At, Why not? As you should. As you should. Yeah. yeah, there is no other way to do it. That was your your first time touching the big uh, three fifteen, hey? Not the first time. Uh, I had tried it some months ago before I left Istanbul because I found a neat powerlifting gym not in the area. It was kind of far, mm-hmm. but I tried it and got flattened several times. So, but I like I almost had it. Um, I knew that it was close, and so like when I got back, I took you know a couple weeks to adjust, and then the new place opened. Mm-hmm that I knew that I would be going to consistently and have, you know, access to equipment consistently. Yeah. I'd like written a bench peak starting before that, like an eight, nine week ish one, okay. um, you know, like building from volume that I knew that I could do yeah. into less volume and then into, you know, heavy singles that would eventually peak at, um, you know, at three plates. And I wrote it honestly, so that I had a lot of leeway, like, you know, there'll be a lot of singles very close to 315. So I tried to do it, you know, with the most amount of surety possible that I would hit yeah. it, um, you know, when the time rolled around. Yeah. 
but you know about halfway through that eight week thing obviously we you know the gym shut down and so i still hit it which i actually wasn't expecting uh but um it does make me feel slightly better that um you know had things gone the way i had planned it probably would have like been the clean rep that i wanted but i'll still take it it counts as a gym pr i'm very thankful so that's good yeah i mean obviously it wasn't paused but i mean i would still count as it as a gym pr regardless and like something to at least base percentages off of for just like volume going forward right yeah more or less just to see where your shoes yeah, which is a good thing yeah yeah um yeah how, how do you find the culture being back in in canada now versus training <sighs> in turkey like in the gym yeah um as weird as it is, I don't think it's very different. It was different for me personally back there because, like, you know, I didn't really have a circle of, of friends. Like, they're just one or two, like, you know, diehard homies that we go and we just, you know, just crush it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, from what I felt from, you know, the Turks, there was, like, a definitely, like, a social thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we'd come to just, you know, hang out with their friends. Like, they were the, – the, the, tr- the very, very serious lifters are few and far between. Yeah um they were for sure like i did know some people that were really on it for most people it was just you know it was a casual thing as it should be like it it doesn't shouldn't be a you know this 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 all-consuming pursuit for most people i don't think it's healthy that's a different conversation but yeah like a very casual environment i had assumed that it was going to be a lot more like you know driven and focused here but it's actually pretty similar like everyone just goes to hang out and it's all good everyone is chilling um honestly as 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 much as it sucks like oh yeah i've made you know like a small friend group here you know people roughly my age um you know that hit the the same gym Mm -hmm. but like you like they're very hard workers and you know they're all pretty strong but there's still like a very big sense of going to chill in the gym and you don't get your proper workout i mean i don't like i don't i hit my workouts Mm -hmm. but like in double the time that it should take yeah and so I'm having, you know, trying to, I was trying to figure out a way to sort of like, it's tough because like, if I go at the same time as they are, it's good because I get to see them. I don't really see many other people in my day, uh, but then my work, I stay twice as long as they should. So I was trying to sort of figure the balance between at least getting to see humans in my day, mm-hmm. but also finishing my workouts with, you know, the proper intensity that I wanted. Uh, but, but that problem was solved for me because uh, lockdown's hit, so didn't have to figure that one out how do you find or do you personally enjoy training by yourself or you do you enjoy training with other people i do enjoy training by myself a lot yeah um but i find that um yeah honestly like alone 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 and in an environment that i don't know anyone is really good for me for my for my gains personally yeah because then I'm, you know, I'm very focused. I'm not about to talk to people or, yeah. you know, answer any questions or any kind of thing. Yeah. I enjoy the social aspect. I like helping people and I enjoy, you know, I really enjoy the practice of, you know, putting what I've learned again into practice. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it'll mean that like, I'll like stop my workout, and, like go, you know, teach someone how to deadlift yeah. and watch them do a bunch of sets and kind of go back to my own stuff. And so it does, uh, it does get long. Yeah. It would be easier to manage, you know, if I worked at the gym, because then I could be, you know, I could have like hours that I would specifically dictate to working quote unquote yeah. and helping people and then be like, all right, this is my hour, hour and a half and I'm going to send it and no one can talk to me. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I had to talk with somebody actually at the gym that I work at and currently work out at the most. Um, and we kind of had a very similar talk. Like the intensity when you train by yourself is just so much higher because you have no distractions, right? Oh, yeah. Um, whereas like obviously it makes you a good coach because you're, you're willing to go put some time aside and create that, like build that rapport, create relationships. And like, you're still help you're helping people. Right. And that's kind of what this whole gig is about. Um, that's why we're all in this, but you know, we also still want to get good workouts in. So it's good to be able to, it's good to be able to like set boundaries. And I think like you mentioned before, like some of my best workouts have been when I know nobody and I'm like brand new to a gym. That's usually oh, yeah. the best workouts that I have because, I mean, obviously you can't go typically as heavy, um, but the intensity is just way better, right? Like you can do way more drop sets or you can do more supersets and you're, you're monitoring rest closer. Whereas I find, I don't know if it's the same way for you, but um, my minute rest is actually like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I, feel, I, I get the same thing. Like my training isn't super complex in the sense that there are a lot of drop sets or supersets and uh like there aren't a lot of those and i also relatively stick to loads that are just pretty light yeah um that don't really warrant any kind of spotting mm -hmm. but yeah it definitely more so is like the you know in between set sort of focus is still there you know there are no distractions i'm either you know getting my feels or getting hyped from an accent not like you know talking to other people which sort of disrupts the flow yeah are you um are you still with Mahan? Uh, kind of. I mean, um, essentially, what, at least what I did for, especially for my bench peak, yep. was I wrote it myself. And then I kind of had um, him and Eric audit. So like I sent it, they looked at it, like, yeah, all right, good. It's not uh, going to kill you. So yeah. send it. And I was like, all right, bet. Yeah, I think, I think both of us, obviously, um, and I think anybody really in general, should definitely utilize the circle that you're in, right? Like for us, we're very fortunate to be around of like-minded people, a lot of other professionals that can provide a lot of value just by even just talking, right? From our prior experiences or from our current expertise. Um, so I think it's it's good for you to also, again, fly solo a little bit um, as much as it's, yeah. it's nice to follow a program. It's also nice to be able to apply what you're learning because you're such a new coach still, right? um and see what works exactly see what works yeah a hundred percent i i had that exact conversation with eric uh, and i think that starting coaching like with mahan initially was at a place where i very much needed it yeah because i was still starting my journey of learning things yeah and so i was really all over the place and so i needed to understand what good coaching was and he absolutely you know gave me that you know real-time example yeah but now i'm sort of at a point where you know, I know some things and I haven't had a massive chance to implement them. Mm. I'm not working as a coach yet, so I can't really implement them with other people. Yeah. And so really, you know, N equals one, the old adage of, you know, you are your own case study, you are your first client. Yeah. And so it's a very good opportunity for me to start implementing things by writing my own private programming. Yeah. Because I don't have a, yeah, A, because I'm new and need to implement them to begin with if I want to be a good coach. Yeah. But also because I'm not so you know busy or so worked that I don't have the freedom of time to do that. Like I have all the time in the world. I'm just I'm so lazy, and so I definitely do have the time to sit down and think things through for my own programming. Yeah. So I have the time. I have the resources, and I and I should. So it's very good that I that I have the chance to start you know thinking through myself and sorting things. 
Yeah. And it's, uh, of course, you know, very, very good. And I'm very grateful to have, you know, the eyes of people like Eric and Mahan sort of just watching over to make sure I don't do something too stupid. They see too many heavy singles. I'm like, all right, buddy, I see what you're doing. Take it easy. <laughs> full send to a point. <laughs> yeah. It's like full, full, send. full send with context, right? With proper context and proper yeah. circumstances. Yeah. But this small print asterisk. <laughs> Read the fine print. Yeah. It's like when they it's like when they have those ads and at the very end it's like that two seconds of ads. That's what they say when they're like sending yeah. it. They're like send it, but yeah. Also Honestly, that would make such a, that has a lot of merch potential. <laughs> Just send it with an asterisk at the end. Eric should do that. That's sick. Eric needs to hop on that. Or you, or you need to hop on that. That's that's yeah, I'm, I'm gonna try to do that's that. That's the move, man. That'd be sick. But um, how is your training, how has it changed since then? How would you say that you've, because obviously with a program to follow, it's very structured, it's very routined. Um, how would you say that you've changed your own programming as you've decided to go a little bit on your own? Uh, I know for sure that my, my struggle with programming, definitely for myself, is trying to check all boxes at once. Yeah. Because... Um, I'm definitely more, at least with programming, with training, more neurotic than not, and more likely to obsess over the small things than to YOLO it yep. or to not yep. care. Yep. Uh, and that coupled with the fact that, you know, I'm still fairly young and I have a large gas tank, you know, to recover from, I can yep. deal with a lot of volume. Yep. And so I don't often know when I'm training too hard, even if it may not come a direct, you know, detriment to my own health. It's just useless and I'm yeah. wasting my time at a certain point. Yeah. And so it definitely has sort of, I've started to, you know, begin to think about how much volume is really necessary. But more than that, what is like, what are the checkboxes that I need to hit? Because mm. I can't hit all of them and I need to prioritize certain ones over the other ones. And, you know, even if it's as simple as, you know, saving a certain exercise for the next block. Because I already have seven other lat exercises. Do I really need another pull down variation? Right? Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. It's all about intention based exercise, but it's also about intention based programming. And that's being able to like zoom out and being able to look at your whole week and be like, okay, what am I training indirectly or what am I training directly on that day? Right. And that's the kind of the whole thing about like, you know, in lots of mid range pulling motions, you're getting a lot of, you're getting a lot of mid-range of like bicep stuff, right? So it's like, well, why would you be doing more mid-range stuff when you could probably be doing like length and or short and stuff, as you know? Um, but again, it's all stuff that before we'd probably just hop on a preacher curl right after, you know, you do rows for half an hour and then you hop on a preacher curl for, for five, 10 minutes, just because again, it's like you saw it online or you're, it's a lot of misinformation, I think, which is um, why it's good to have a coach, kind of like what you mentioned, right? Like, having that especially when you're when you're a newer lifter being able to have that guidance and that in that direction obviously um can help build a good foundation from the beginning um and then obviously like you're still really young but you're, like your ceiling is not even close to being tapped yet so yeah how do you um yeah. for you it seems like just from like because you sent a lot of videos to the to the group um yeah. it seems like you're overtraining isn't so much like unless i'm unless i'm mistaken isn't so much like how you're actually feeling as far as your recovery but it's more how stuff's moving 
Um, like in what sense? Like just from like overshooting like RPs and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's that. That definitely. Well, definitely is a problem that I have, and something that you know I'm consistently trying to work at. Which really, at the end of the day, just comes back comes down to uh, working on my ego because that's really the problem. Yeah. Just, you know, thinking that I can lift or that I should lift more than I can. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's been getting better. And under like the like my bench days have been understandably heavy. Yeah. Because that's my that or until shutdown that was my priority and i knew that it was going to get pretty rough yeah my squats and my and my deadlifts were at of an extremely low you know rpe and relative low to my max like you know 70s 80s -hmm. for rpes you know eight or seven yeah so very very easy yeah intentionally so because i knew that you know the bulk of my effort was going to be expended in my bench you know in my bench sessions because that was my priority exactly um so obviously still probably overshooting some things with my bench, mm-hmm. but uh, it's a step up, at least for me, from overshooting everything at the same time. <laughs> Just being mad. I, th- I think, well, you're, you're young, right? I think a lot of it is finding out how your body responds um, because everybody's so different. And that's the benefit of like having a coach work with you is realizing what actually is too much. Because most people don't actually train to the point where they actually know what too much is. We always train within that, right? We always train within that, like, you're probably, most people train at, like, an RPE 6, right? They, you know, you're always... Less, keeping, I, would, I would be confident saying. Yeah, probably. But, like, generously, probably, like, when they when they think, you know, okay, this is all I can do, you can probably do, honestly push another 4 or even 5. So most people are probably, like you said, trying oh, yeah. between that RPE five to six. So like, I think working with a coach, especially if you have a good coach, right? Like you worked with Mahan and I've been honored to work with, um, with Eric. Um, they teach you what true effort is and they teach you what it's actually like to be able to actually like be seeing gradual progress over a program too, because they teach you what it's actually like to work to a true RPE. Cause most people don't actually know what true RPE training actually feels like. So most people don't actually experience overtraining like, like you, like you do, or like I do, because most people don't actually train that hard. Yeah. I think that, I think that many people, almost all people oscillate between the two extremes of undertraining and overtraining or generally speaking, as you start out before you sort of develop experience and a love for training, you will often will find yourself working at a, nowhere near as hard as you can go uh, because intensity really is a skill. Like it, it's a skill that needs to be built and consistently used in order to retain it. The ability to go hard for lack of a better way to put it. Yeah. But many people struggle with that as opposed to pushing too hard. It's only sort of when you get to a point where you fall in love with the training and you spend so long doing it, that it becomes the challenge to do the opposite and to sort of pull on the reins a little bit. Yeah, intensity is like a like a blade that you're always sharpening. And then if yeah. you if you if you neglect, right, then you could break it. It's like it's a matter of again just finding and controlling variables that usually I'd say it's about to misinformation, right? Like how for you again, we'll just bounce back a little bit. Um, you talked about, you talked about volume a little bit, right? 
um, for you personally, what was the point where you realized how much volume you actually needed in your training? Cause like, obviously you worked with Mahan, um, and then you've been working with kind of like Eric and Mahan. And then obviously with like, I don't know if you want to count the whole prescript crew is like, are your coach? There, yeah, I'm, I'm stealing like, coaches yeah. from all. I'm stealing <laughs> coaching from everyone. Um, yeah, um, but like, how how did you find you know your kind of your sweet spot, or are you still trying to still trying to find that? Oh, it's definitely still a work in progress. Um, but I am acutely aware that I can. I, I found that I, I never reached a true true plateau in um yeah i guess i did but that was with bad form so it doesn't really count sure i might have plateaued but that was with not knowing how to do anything so really like uh, it's been a, a process of relearning movements and so i would only i would only really count a plateau as a true plateau for myself like once i really know how to do things very well and i'm getting there at least with my the technique especially like for my powerlifting I'm getting there and that the technique is starting to groove itself better. And I'm starting to know, know where I want to be all the time. Deadlifts are by far the most group. I just pick stuff up. Um, but squats and deadlifts yeah. are, are still sort of lacking. Um, but yeah, definitely still a work in progress, but it was a, a, an interesting revelation to my, to me that I could still make, you know, linear progressions in weight, however small with very, very, very low volume, you know? Um, yeah. And like one of the first, one of the first land, not landmarks, one of the first markers of volume progression that I had understood and internalized was through the barbell course where they sort of, yeah. I think it was around 35 working reps per week of, yeah. of the compounds yeah. that you want to be hitting roughly speaking. And so yeah. me, I often tend to neglect counting the equivalent of all the other sets are like, you know, maybe a dumbbell is worth like half a rep, for example, right? Yeah. So you can split up your yeah. volume that way. But I tend to, yeah. I often tell like when, if I ever do the, you know, the tally in my head, I tend to neglect all, you know, the, what all of the accessories and, and secondary work um, that goes with it. And I'll still be making progress with, you know, 10 to 15 working reps per week, right? Of, my you know of my spd like it could be literally like a three by five for example or you know a couple of sets of six and that's it and i would even less like a three by three for example you know i'll still it'll hit my i'll hit my reps look clean i'll add some weight and i'll hit yeah. the same reps and so it definitely that's yeah. one of the that's one of the biggest sort of eye openers for me has been that you know again like i'm i'm more inclined to go too hard than not hard enough and so seeing that i can still make progress with doing less work is, has been very, very important to me. And this ties in very well to the idea that for most, for many people who have yet to fully build the skill of training hard and also knowing when to train hard being a very key point, they'll make up for that by junk volume because though they won't feel tired the way they should, their muscles won't feel truly taxed because, and I'll speak, I won't name any names because my friends, I doubt they'll listen to this, but I can think of plenty that have a very low training age, but are, but love to do barbell things and have yet to build sound enough technique that they can truly push 
push muscle failure on those lifts because then like almost none of them are trying yeah. to power lift or all of them without a doubt have goals of being bigger in general and so they try to push failure on these lifts that require like a high degree of skill and you know like for example like a bent over row for for barbells and you know yeah. well if you're rowing essentially your body weight and it's not too heavy um there's a good chance that your lats aren't really getting taxed and so what happens is that well a 10 by 10 of barbell rows uh isn't gonna be very taxing for your lats but probably everything else and so you know you 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 never learn to train truly hard at least like at a muscular level like individual muscles and, and you yeah. just, you just yeah. do too much and you know you haven't chosen the right exercises and so that's where that's what i'm trying to work on with a lot of them and like they're not my clients mm -hmm. but i'm just trying to help them you know bro to bro but so to speak but you know yeah. choosing the right exercises if you can choosing the right exercises a and less of the wrong ones i.e 10 by 10 to barbell rows and going okay. hard on the ones that you do need to do and you'll find that you'll need a lot less sets to feel like you did something and you'll need a lot less sets to progress yeah. like you know you can do your yeah. 10 by 10 on you know your bent over barbell row i'll put you through like four by 12 of a cd cable row if you do it how i want you to do it and you do it when i tell you to stop it'll be you know probably you'll feel it a lot more right and it'll be worth more yeah. in terms of hypertrophy volume so yeah that's that's a big thing lack of you know lack of feeling like you did something leading to just more junk volume because of incorrect exercise selection yeah. and a general inability to push things hard yeah i um i think i was speaking about this with actually with with eric and i was speaking about it with with a coach um actually he just kind of came through my body and his name is mark fitzgerald and he's actually the the head head coach of the anaheim ducks oh wow um he's wanting to, he's wanting to actually bring some education through my body um and we were talking about that actually to, at that point in time where there aren't really any bad exercises. It's just all about execution and implementation into a program. It's not, it's not that an exercise is bad per se. It's just like, how is the exercise put into the program? Where is it put into the program? And what things are you considering with that exercise itself? Because most people, I think, just think like, this trains your biceps, this trains your chest, this trains your triceps, right? Um, they don't think about, like you mentioned before, is this actually taxing secondary muscles that will be restricting or inhibiting recovery, which again, it's like probably just due to the fact that most people as a very general statement are more sensation based training. Um, they just want to feel like they had a good workout. Whereas like, as we know, you don't need to always like feel like you had a good workout to actually have a good workout because you, you mentioned before too, like you actually probably progress more with less volume. And I think I'm actually the same way, right? Like for me to have moderately like low squat volume, but like higher intensity. Um, and then same thing for like deads, like I actually recover really well and I get stronger. And like Eric knows that just from working with me now too. Um, whereas like, I'm not the kind of, like, I'm not the guy for like a three by eight or like a six by really six. Not. Like that's, I'm not your guy. I'm not I your guy, bro. I'm not, not your guy. guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, not that, that guy. Not. So it's just, it's just honestly a matter of 
knowing your your body well enough, but I'd say it's also a matter of having that expertise and having that second perspective and being able to trust somebody, right? Which is why like I tell everyone, like if you don't want an in-person coach, get an online coach that you trust because like people always underestimate like the amount of help that a coach can provide and like you could be wasting so much time when you first start out and you could be like so much further ahead if you actually just got a coach from the beginning like i I, like if i look back at it now i've been training for eight years which is crazy but if i had a coach from the beginning versus just doing bodybuilding.com bro splits i'd be stronger and i'd be bigger yeah, that that hits that hits different. That that hits hard to home, and I get that, man. Like, but at the time though, right? It's all you see somebody online, right? And you see like, oh, this is how Steve Cook will plug Steve Cook. Um, this is how Steve Cook got his biceps, and I'm like, damn, Steve Cook is jacked. And then you're running running twenty ones or twenty eights doing the the top quarter doing the bottom quarter doing the full rom oh yeah and you're doing the wide the wide curls too because you're you're wanting to hit your your two bicep heads from four oh, different yeah. angles I love that. Four wide different grip on the straight bar in the squat rack because i love to see yeah, it just the 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 wrist and the the elbow blaster oh, yeah. yeah just not it but i think a lot of it is just misinformation right people aren't educated enough and it's just the barrier of entry for social media is low and like honestly like come at me people like i don't i don't care if people like get triggered by that like you can people just can just post whatever they want and there's no one there to monitor what they're posting and i think that's why we see so much stuff in the gym that shouldn't be happening is because there's no barrier to entry um and because of bad influence yeah. yeah, I think I, I thought it down. I agree, but at least I think that it's like, you know, the glass half empty, half full kind of thing, right? Where true, there are a bunch of idiots on the internet, but at the same time, you know, if you look at it from a sort of, you know, what can, like all that matters is what you can do, right? That's one thing that we can change. I mean, it's something that I to remind myself of because I'm prone to getting angry when I see stupid things. Um, but what I try to remind myself as, of as we is are. that there may be too many dumb people, but there's also not enough good people. And if I can be one of those good people and just yeah. help out where I can, uh, shouts out James Thayer's hero, uh, you know, hometown hero. So all you got to do, like help, you know, make a difference in a couple people's lives. You know, a few regulars that you see at your own gym and, you know, you can help a lot yeah. more than you think just strive to help someone in some way, shape or form, right? Like you, if they look confused, like don't feel afraid to offer them help. I mean, they might decline your help still, but like at least you made the advancement and at least you offered. Um, Cause I know a lot of coaches too, that'll just like, again, sit there and just kind of watch. And I've done that in the past too. Right. Um, I've just kind of sit and watch and like, been like what are they doing but like they probably just don't know um and again to play like devil's advocate as well like don't get me wrong like i think that even if you're doing some shitty workout 
we'll say shitty, right? Uh, again, very broad, but at least you're still working out. Yeah. At least you're still going to the gym, you're getting reps and sets in, and you're still creating habit and setting that routine for yourself. Like at least you're still going and doing something that you weren't doing yesterday. Um, but again, it all comes down to more intention-based program, like programming in general and just like exercise in general, which I think the industry just needs more of, uh, which is why I'm thankful that uh, a lot of the prescript coaches are pushing that. Yeah, for sure. I, what is it? It's like the antidote to a bad idea is a better idea. Not <laughs> angry TikTok comments. That's about as far as I go. Yeah. I'll, I am... Um... I actually don't engage with people like at all. I don't, like, I don't call if them. Someone just comes. I don't like, even own TikTok. Like, yeah. He's down with it. Uh, yeah. I actually, I, I have it, uh, but I never use it because I was considering trying to post like my, yeah. uh, my reels and stuff on it just because I was like thinking like it's another platform. But um, I did like a business course through Elite Vitality and they talked about how if you try to get into every like platform, sometimes you can be like sparing yourself kind of short because you're trying to dip your toes in everything and you can't specifically take time to get good at one platform and build your one platform and find your audience in that platform and find what people like and what they want to see. Um, so like, that's why I encourage people, like if they have one platform that seems to be like just gaining traction, like focus on that platform um, and just try to push on there. So like for me, that's Instagram. Um, I don't know how to, I'm not really sure how to use TikTok, but like any, any kind of, I've got clients through, through Instagram and I've gotten, um, I've referred people out because of Instagram too. So it's, it's a platform that again, I've been able to utilize, but then I've also been able to meet a lot of great coaches through it as well. So, um, but I think people obviously just try to use too many platforms uh, and that's probably one of the biggest things too with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's uh it's confusing. I know especially when people first first start out, it's like just as a coach, right? You're trying to just kind of get get a name for yourself. But if you don't have a name on any of the platforms, then it's not really doing much. <laughs> And I, I also didn't want, um, I'm already on Instagram so much that I didn't want another app that I just spend scrolling on. Yeah, exactly. That's why I didn't download it. Get to it. Yeah. And kudos, props. Cause that's, it's one of those things that again, I, I'd say it's, um, well, Killian talks about this, right? Um, are you wanting to consume or are you wanting to create? And it's like a matter of what are you wanting to push your time and your effort into? Um, whereas I'm trying to be more on the create aspect, if I can. For sure. I'm not even sure how we got, I'm not even sure how we got to social media. <laughs> it always gets to social media. Yeah. That's just how it is. We always seem to end up here. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think it's, I think part of the reason too, is because what we talked about before, but the, the barrier to entry is so low. So like every coach has social media. Um, where most coaches have social media, but it's just how they use it and if they use it properly. Um, because typically just posting your workouts doesn't really do that much. 
unless you manage to build your following that way, which I mean, if you're able to build your following to swipe workouts, um, awesome. But uh, it, typically I find for most people, it's a, it's a tough way to build your following up when you're trying to to do that. Oh, I know how we got there because I was talking about to- posting my reels oh. to TikTok. So that's how it came up, <laughs> which I haven't done because the yeah, no, it takes too much time already, but. Yeah, it's um, it's good. Uh, so with your, with people obviously working out at home right now, uh, this is kind of where I wanted to end things off with. Um, what do you? I mean, obviously, when people come back to the, because like Alberta actually gyms are still open. I'm not sure if you knew that. Um, we have an announcement coming up on Tuesday. Uh-huh. Um, because we actually had an we had an announcement last week, and there were no, there were no restrictions. Um, like nothing, nothing changed. Um, but I'm trying to keep again, the podcast as non-related to COVID as I can. Yeah. Um, the case. So yeah, they, they've just decided to not, yeah, they've just decided to not, um, do anything as of now, but with people again, not having access to gyms, um, and obviously taking some time off, um, what would you recommend people do, um, at home, especially with just talking about, you know, useful versus useless volume. Um, and then also trying to get back into the gym, um, again, regarding useful, useless volume, uh, and proper programming. Um, I think step one would be to, uh, text Bryce and ask him for a program, but barring that, um, I think that home training has been good for me and I've done it twice so far, this lockdown, not the other ones. But it automatically forces you, depending on what kind of equipment you have access to, it automatically restricts your options in terms of volume. And so, you know, I don't have, it's good. It's an automatic handicap that you were forced to only, like you only have access to a certain amount of things. And so like when you have access to a hundred things and you need to select 10, it's a lot harder than when you have access to 20 things and need to select 10, for example. It's a bad analogy, but the point right and so use oh, use sense. your it makes sense yeah. actually it's a good it's a better metaphor is constraints right constraints and exercise make execution so much easier you're given you've been handed a constraint yeah. to you on a silver platter in terms of how many things you have access to and so there's there should be less confusion or less anxiety over choosing what works if you literally have no equipment and are exclusively constrained to walking go send it on the walking <laughs> go do 10,000 steps a day it does not get any easier than that yeah. obviously it sucks not have equipment i would you know i i, might, I you know i sympathize with anyone who only can only do walking but at the same time your path is very clear mm-hmm. you know you don't have to overthink anything yeah you know what you need to do and so yeah. use this as an opportunity and i speak to myself first this is what i'm doing with my own training i'm using this opportunity to you know be less neurotic about my exercise selection and just you know just focus on mm-hmm. the, the markers that I want to hit and just be satisfied yeah, with that. Yeah. And then in transitioning back to training in a gym, don't make drastic jumps of volume because you're going to kill yourself if you do that. So don't go from like mm-hmm. bench press, floor press and walking to seven different cable fly variations because you're not going to be able to move. That's just, it. just keep that in yeah. mind as you get back in the gym and sort of work your volume yeah. gradually and not all in the first day where you go hit a seven hour gun run. So that's about it. <laughs> like that's the important point. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think to bounce off that too, um, I always tell my clients that when gyms close, it's a great time to re-goal set and reassess your current goals because this is the perfect time to address areas of weakness, weak points that we can try to bring up. And then that way, when you go back to the gym, you've been able to address issues that we've maybe like, you know, maybe you've been pushing them off because you're maybe finding momentum with, with a certain lift. Um, but then when you find momentum in one area, you lose momentum in another, in another area. So it's always good to, again, I re- try to drill this into my clients' heads is re goal set. And they have to like, tell me what they want to be working towards, because I think that's a crucial factor. Um, and then like you mentioned before too, which is like the constraints. Um, I think it's a, it's an awesome idea to not overwhelm yourself. You, again, you don't need to buy every piece of at-home equipment. Like we don't need like a little mini trampoline. We don't need you bouncing a med ball off of the trampoline and hitting yourself in the face. We don't need you to be on the next gym meme page, yeah. guys. So let's stick, let's stick with like, you know, a couple dumbbells, a couple dumbbell sets, right? Like, you can never go wrong with like a, a 20 pound set, 25 pound set, uh, you know, a couple kettlebells um, and just some, some sturdy place to anchor. And when I say sturdy, I mean like sturdy. You don't want to be, I've seen way too many videos, viral videos where people will like have something hooked on their foot Yep. out of all places, right. their foot. And all of a sudden it's, right. it's, it's a catapult. So learn from their mistakes. I haven't made that mistake, but learn from their mistakes and find something sturdy. A pillar is great. A pillar inside is awesome because it's literally in the foundation. So you're, I mean, unless you're John Hack or <laughs> unless you're any of those guys, you're, you're probably not going to row that thing off, yeah. off the wall. So you're, you're good. Um, but yeah, it's, again, it's a matter of utilizing the time to bring up weak points. Um, and then also like Salushi said, also hit him up too, guys. Like if you need coaching, this guy's, this guy's a stud, like hit him up if you need coaching for anything. Um, but it's also like a good time to bring up weaknesses. But then like, I always tell clients too, like tempo, tempo when you're doing at home stuff is crucial because you can make 15 pound bicep curls hard with tempo and positioning. So, um, like, like he said, don't overwhelm yourself, find some modalities that you can afford keep it in your budget on um, whatever you're comfortable spending, right? You don't need to splurge and buy every piece of at-home equipment. Um, and then it's all intention-based programming, guys. Don't be doing 20 different exercises just because you're at home. Find 10. It's all about finding the right tool for the job. Exactly. I think that's a great place to wrap it yeah. up, man, honestly. Um, I want really wanted to have you on with this one because I think – your opinion is going to be a little bit different than mine just because with your current circumstances, um, just where you're, where you're living. Um, and then obviously it's always great to, to have you on to chat. It's um, obviously it's, it's great to see you growing into an even better coach um, and a better yeah, athlete. So appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to go and word vomit. <laughs> so it's always welcome. Dude, any, any, any time, any time, anytime you want to do something, I'll, I'm always here to banter and to, talk about it i think discussion is one of the best things that um, most people don't do so i think more people need to have it the the hard talks um and then like like we talked about here um 
hit up Saluji. Um, you know, we'll 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 take this time to once again plug your social. Um, I'll also have it at the beginning, so um, you guys can check him out. But we'll let him plug that again and um, just tell us all a little bit of what you're up to, what you're wanting to come out with as of as of this year. Um, yeah, uh, probably at Good Life soon, um, assuming things open. Um, but yeah, if you're in the Ottawa, Canada area, um, I'll hopefully be working in Good Life soon. Until um, then, and you know, online coaching. Yep, Instagram Saluji underscore A. Um, podcast, which needs to be uh, brought back from the dead at the Multiverse Podcast. We got like 30 episodes up, so if you're new and you know you'll have some listening material until we um, figure out how to manage our time properly. Um, that's about it. Website. Yeah. No. You guys have had some great guests. Yeah, we've had, had some cool guests. One of them being uh, being Bryce. Shouts out. Um, but yeah, website for all things coaching. Uh, com. Questions, concerns um, regarding coaching. Coaching at multifarriestrength.com. Um, yeah, that's about it. That's it, guys. Thanks for tuning into this one. And um, we don't want to see you on a Jimmy and page, yeah, please. Please so be please safe. Please apply some of the stuff today. And don't hesitate to reach out, even if you guys just want to uh, get some advice on some stuff. I'm, I'm more than happy to help, and I'm sure. So she's the Absolutely. same. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, guys.